To another edition of Puck Talk with Spider Jack, Axe, and Coach Columbus. We are all in studio. I have finally put together the perfect first line. Gentlemen, Spider Jack. How are we doing? Good, doing well. Doing great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Heading into Monon. Monon week, baby. We have a huge. Roll (laughs) Tigers. We have a huge matchup coming up this weekend in DePaul football as the Tigers are going to be facing the uh, Wabash Little Giants. An average sized human being. Yeah. The oxymorons. <laughs> the yeah, the Wabash oxymoron. That's a weird name for a mascot. It is. It's a weird name. But we're we, not here to talk about that. Well, we're, we're excited for <laughs> Bell Week. You are oh, tuning into Puck Talks. We're here to drop the puck. Let's it's do Friday. it. Friday. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We have our starting lineup back. I am in the rotation. Welcome back in the booth, Spider Jack. Thank we missed you. you. Thank you. I was in. Uh, I was in Georgia and Alabama covering some college hockey. That's right. Uh, UAH and Asco. Alaska Anchorage and Georgia Tech and Florida Atlantic. And let me tell you, Florida Atlantic, they got guys with lettuce. Nice. I mean, guys flow. with <laughs> flow. I've never seen anything like it. And I've certainly never seen teams that just don't play each other that often, but don't like each other. They want to win, and they want to win bad. Not going to make friends? <laughs> no. No, they're not going to make friends at all. But let's get to the NHL as we have... I'm going to run through the standings as we always do at the top of the hour. Take Was- us there. Washington Capitals. Man, hot. they're so good right now. 30. Ovi and the Caps are lighting the lamp. 32 points at the top of the division. Second place, the New York Islanders. Third place coming in is the Philadelphia Flyers. And fourth place is the Carolina Hurricanes. In the Atlantic Division, we have Boston, Montreal, Florida. This is just a weird time of the year. Florida's a surprise. Oh, my gosh. And then we're going to move on to the Western Conference. St. Louis, Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, Nashville. Who would have thought that Winnipeg is still in the mix? And then finally, in the Pacific Division, still, what a surprise. Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver, and Calgary. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Arizona, I think, when I when, when prepping for the show and looking at the standings and where things are, I, I didn't think the, the Yotes... Out there in Arizona, we're going to be able to to bounce back. And it's not just looking at the stats; it's not just Phil Kessel. They picked up some pieces over the off season. He's in the in the middle. They have many guys though that are in the double digit point range. So everybody's contributing on that team. Yeah, and they're playing pretty well. Edmonton has held its spot. McDavid maybe finally has the support he's looking for. Oh my gosh, Coach, well, with Coach. with Arizona with with the Yotes, you're getting some just top caliber goaltending from Darcy Kemper too. Oh, I mean yeah. that guy is playing out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, I mean who who saw that coming? But uh but they're also uh 7-3 and 2 on the road. Yeah. I mean that that's got to be good for something oh, yeah. uh, moving they're forward. Five, so. They're they're 500 at home. So yeah. they, need, they need to figure out what the magic they need to bring. But yeah, but there was a huge piece of news this week and I wanted to touch on it at the top and that is Don Cherry gone. Yeah. For saying you people and saying a couple other things that uh well we're not very proud of and I certainly I certainly wouldn't be proud if I was Don Cherry but uh that's a huge move in the hockey media world. What is your impression of uh Don Cherry being left, Ben? I don't know. I 
I've always found Don Cherry to be an interesting figure. He's he's been uh, <laughs> he's he's been he has led the way north of the north of the border for a while now when it comes to uh, hockey night in Canada and has been a, a staple in a lot of the routine up there. Um, haven't been able to watch too many of his calls. To be honest, it's just it's, it's difficult to get a broadcast. I know him for his. His, for his suits, his, yeah. yeah, his flamboyant <laughs> suits. He's got he's got the style game. Uh, I know him as the guy who's who's definitely that old school league of hockey. Mm-hmm. And the second you have, I mean, he was in flack for I know a lot of the things he said toward PK Subban um, over the years. Mm-hmm. Just the, his style of play he didn't. I mean, you can add in so many more dimensions to that story mm-hmm. of probably where. Where, uh, where Don Cherry's probably probably a little more a little more right leaning politically and uh, keep in mind this is public radio Ben <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah well what's funny with the the PK Subban stuff is uh, not to to go so far on a tangent here but uh, with with guys like Don Cherry it's like oh we don't want a guy who's showing that much personality and being that flamboyant during during play. Uh, you know, we want him to be tough and shut up and play and stuff like that. But oh yeah, by the way, do you remember this guy back in the seventies and eighties, old, you know, rickety legs or something like that? Yeah. And it's, and it's and it's all about personality back in in uh, sort of the uh, sort of the golden age of of hockey, and uh, uh, it's sort of you know some interesting hypocritical hypocritical thoughts going on there. But the legend. Uh Obviously, Obviously not the worst thing that he's... <laughs> right. Right. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. I mean, given today's political climate, it's not surprising he got fired. But that's certainly sure. not the worst thing he's ever said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legend Bobby Orr jumps in, hockey legend, to defend Don Cherry. He, he, he was his coach. Don Cherry sure. coached the Bruins during his time. So this is, this is his guy. Right. This is, this is the coach he played under for many years and knows him very well. And he, he says disrespect. Dis- Disgraceful how everything was handled. I think it's interesting that uh, the conversations we're having nationally are, are seeping into uh, I don't know good good on hockey for, yeah for mm-hmm. for jumping with the times a little bit. I mm. think well I, and hockey is one of the more progressive sports. Uh, there's a hashtag hockey is for everyone. Um, I think. That is great for the sport. I think that what they did in terms of uh, in terms of Don Cherry firing him, that's good for the sport. But I will miss hot takes like the Carolina Hurricanes are a bunch of jerks. Sure, Can't, I think you'll still get those. The amount it, of the power revenue, of social, the power of social media, you'll be able to. The amount of revenue that he brought and the amount of media attention he brought to the Carolina Hurricanes for those extracurriculars after winning home games is. Amazing! It fueled, I, it fueled their ride into the playoffs. It I did, mean, without a doubt. I loved that. Gave them an loved, identity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I loved the. They're a bunch of jerks. As he's wearing the most flamboyant, just outlandish jacket, and you know, I don't. Well, feel I can't. I can't hear you. Don Don Cherry's jacket's too loud. <laughs> I can't hear you over this thing. Right. It's just so refreshing to see that. Uh, hockey is not going to put up with it. That hockey is not going to uh, stand for that kind of, um, I'll say, subtle bigotry. Because I don't think he just outright said something so 
uh, demoralizing to a certain um, demographic, but still, it's it, you could kind of tell like what are you, what are you really thinking? What what did you sure. really wanted to say? You yeah. know, um, I don't know. Who do you think replaces him? I'm not really sure, but I think that it's t- the problem with Don Cherry is that he outlived his mandate. It's an old the old guard mm-hmm. of broadcast commentary hockey, mm-hmm. and the be a man, stand up. It's not exactly going along with the whole mental health thing that the mm-hmm. NHL is really trying to crack down on. Um, you know, there are just so many different. Uh, aspects to this firing and there's so many aspects to his personality that just did not match up with a how the sport is being played now and b with how the sport is progressing with the times right um yeah that that was really upsetting to see uh those comments and like we said good on the nhl and um if anything they're trying to gain better press because because bad press is bad press and although hockey is not really a commercialized sport and uh, comparatively speaking to the NBA or the MLB or the NFL the NFL especially um, good press is very 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 good for a sport like hockey um, I think the uh, the the sort of voice of the old guard of hockey has become Brian Burke almost yeah uh, where he sort of toes the line between he's he's tough and he still loves the the old way of hockey but at the same time he's so progressive personally mm-hmm. where he's done all the stuff on the you can play campaign with for you know um lgbtq stuff mm-hmm. uh he's organized so many marches and stuff in nhl cities that that's sort of maybe the guy that the the league can hang their hat on not necessarily the guy for hockey night in canada considering he's an American, but uh, <laughs> but somebody that the league can at least point to as like, okay, here's the voice of this demographic. Yeah, and we keep talking about the old way of hockey, as in like big hits, fights every two minutes, slow, slow, <laughs> yeah. slower pace. Yeah, th- this is the enforcer era. Yeah, yeah where you have a much more that that ongoing power struggle, mm-hmm. not just the game, but the bruisers, the guys yeah. that okay, slap shot, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and bring out the foil. <laughs> I, 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 I have said this a thousand times before, and I will say it a thousand times again. Um, if you liked NASCAR, for the sake of purposes, just to watch the crashes, just to watch people just slam into the wall and tear the cars up, you're not really a fan. Right. So if you're watching hockey for the big hits and the fights and <clears throat> I guess the enforcer style of play, I, I wouldn't say you're not a real fan, but you're not changing with the times. That's why NASCAR is not as popular as it is now. And I think you still get a lot of that. You know, your 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 novice fan or your your av- I would say your average mm-hmm. average person tuning into hockey for the most part thinks of thinks of the fighting, thinks of a huge check that sends a guy over the boards, yeah, head yeah. over heels into the bench. And I'm always quick when people bring up you know hockey and oh I love love watching those fights right. Well, they are fun for anybody to watch. Yeah. It's exciting. It's the only sport, aside from boxing and UFC, where you're going to see two guys, middle of a game, just drop the gloves Bare and start knuckle. fighting. Yeah. But I'm always quick to remind people why it's happening. It's not just, there's no rhyme or reason. It's There's most, a point to it. Most likely, there was somebody, an enforcer, you don't, you, you don't have that term as much in today's game, but we're going to call it that for 
sake of principle, two way forward. You have you have someone who took out maybe a star player or a rookie, and they're then you have somebody in the that team standing up for the guy that just got hit borderline. You know, mm-hmm. wouldn't say illegal, but it doesn't sit well with other teams. So that's when that that fight jumps in, where you're sticking up for your fellow teammate who just kind of got a dirty check, and there's no call. Yeah. Or it's a or Ooh. it's a momentum swing, and that you are you are down three goals, the lines aren't clicking. Someone's going to drop the gloves to spark some life. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it is that it doesn't matter if that player wins or loses the fight. The fact that they're willing to risk their face, yeah, a little bit. Are it, you uh, it, speaking from experience, Ben? Maybe. No, <laughs> <laughs> no unfortunately, unfortunately, in my. my my little uh, brief hockey career that's still going, I guess. Uh, never have it have we been allowed to fight. Oh, that's I, so I've, upsetting. I've, I've thrown a few punches, more out of re- retaliation. I think at one time in my high school career was really when I got close um, and threw just threw threw a punch, and it caught the guy just right where he doesn't ha- didn't have a good balance. So it looked like from the fans, I threw one punch and the guy falls down instantly. Oh, there you go. In reality, it wasn't that good of a punch. I, I hit him at the right time. Right. And I got a penalty for it. Well, that's all that matters. Right. All right, folks, we got to take a 12-second break. Brad Stevens is going to tell us what WGRE is all about. So you're listening to 91.5 WGRE. Hi, this is Brad Stevens, head coach of the Boston Celtics. You're listening to 91.5 WGRE, home of DePaul University Athletics. Welcome back to Puck Talk after that 12-second break from Brad Stevens. Thank you, Brad Stevens. Fan of the show. He will be coming here. Well, I don't know about that. He will be coming here in March. March 9th. March 9th. That's going to be a fun time. Um... But, guys, what is the biggest surprise in terms of the standings right now? Obviously, the standings right now in mid-November mean absolutely nothing. But what is the biggest surprise? The biggest surprise to me, New York Islanders. Yeah. The Islanders are still holding up pretty well. They're they're 9-2-1 at home. They're 9-0-1 in the last 10 uh, with the only loss coming to uh, the Penguins in, in OT a few few nights ago a few nights ago yeah how about I'm, you i'm surprised that they're gold that they're plus 15 on gold right. differential because right. if you if you watched the uh i watched the toronto game the other night against the islanders and it was into the third period and the islanders were up whatever it was two to three to two and uh and they had eight shots on mm-hmm. the board i mean they they just and they looked like they could not care less like they looked so calm on the on the bench that they didn't care that that they weren't racking them up. Quality they, over quantity. Exactly. Yeah. They they. I I think the world of uh, of Barry Trotz. I was going to say you got to you got to give it all to Barry Trotz. Yeah. To come in and bring that organization and and they've stuck with it since last year. There they wasn't have, yeah. wasn't really a long rebuild. It goes back to the momentum swing when John Tavares left and went to the Islanders that or went to the went to the Maple Leafs. The Islanders built that mantra of no, we're not just we're not one player. Mm-hmm. We still believe in the team we have here and then Barry Trotz, gosh, he's got the secret formula. Well, and somehow they've held on to that chip of John Tavares. Right. No, you they know. haven't lost that that edge. It's it's incredible. And I think they probably want to I mean, they definitely, I don't think. They they want to prove that it wasn't a fluke. Last year yes. in the postseason, that they were swept by the Canes, Carolina Hurricanes mm-hmm. turned around and and that you know that's just part of hockey. You have those momentum swings and 
And I think it, it goes back to, um, I talked about this before the show, the Washington Capitals are the winningest team now since 1982-1983. And what I think, it really shows the parity in the league, that you can have mm-hmm. a team that strong. Look at the Caps. They only have one cup, and they're the winningest team yeah. in what? What is that? Help me with math. 35, 40 plus years? Something like that. Right? It's too early, and I'm not. I'm taking all communication <laughs> courses this semester. So, um, yeah, but, but the point being, you can have a, a dominant team that continues to hang in there in the regular season, and you look at the Capitals, you look at the Islanders, you look at the team. And the Islanders had the, the dynasty uh, back in the, the 80s and, and everything. But So here's an interesting point for you. Leon Dreisaitl currently mm. leads the league in points with 41, right? right? And the Edmonton Oilers... Which is absurd. 41 points? Yes. We're only at 20 games. Yeah, That's, no, he's... That is he's, a two-point, two-plus-point... He's insane this year. I don't know what's gotten into what Leon Dreisaitl. Is he going to hit Gretzky numbers? He's got to now. If it's, I would love to know the metric. What's well, he on pace I'll, I'll for? I'll toss in a, a fun stat on that stat. Oh! Is that... <laughs> we got stats here. <laughs> yeah, this is this is going to be throwing mud in the face of, of my, my Blue Jackets, mm. but... Uh, uh, Dreisaitl has more points than the top four point getters on the Blue Jackets combined. Wow. That's nuts. So I think it's Nyquist and Dubois both at 11, mm-hmm. and then uh, Atkinson at 10, Jones at 9. Obviously not a recipe for success for Columbus, but holy cow, Leon Dreisaitl. Right. Yeah. And I I will tell you this. Matthew Barzell is the leading point getter for the Islanders, and he has 16 points, okay? That's 25 less points than the leading point getter, and you know what the goal differential between the Islanders and the Oilers is? The Oilers is a positive 11, and the Islanders is a positive 15. So, I don't know how you even quantify that. I don't know how that even happens, because... Everything kind of points to if a guy is scoring 41 points, that goal differential for the team is should be pretty large. <laughs> but comparatively yeah. speaking to a team that has just consistent scores top to bottom, maybe not guys are going to, you know, like three or four points a night or six points like Connor McDavid. Right. But, you know, guys like that just top to bottom, that's going to be more efficient. That's going to and that's going to be more efficient in the long run. It also shows the depth for Edmonton, mm-hmm. you've got two guys on two different lines putting up 30-plus points. Talk about the two-headed monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you compete with that? And it's not like... It's not like... We've seen that with... You look at, like, Toronto, when their guys are, are doing well. Typically, it's it's your winger and your, your center. Yeah. They're connecting a lot. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of points, which is still impressive. But these are... We're talking <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid on two separate lines. They're two centermen. Mm-hmm. Sure, they'll connect a little bit on the power play, but most. Oh yeah, they will. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, clearly. Uh-huh. What, do we have that? What, what What's their power play breakdown? Oh, uh, is it the number? Is Is it the top power play in the league? We We've got the power for this. We're gonna have our stat people. <laughs> yeah, we're having. We're running numbers right now, folks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Islanders. The Rangers and the Devils have played the fewest games in the league. Yeah, they have the top uh, power play in the league. That's 30, not surprising. 31.7%. Their penalty kill is ridiculous with 87.3. Well, I mean, it's the little things. It's the little things. Get the stick in the lane, right? Sorry, Tampa Bay technically has the top at 32. 
power play percentage, but Edmonton's at 31.7. Yeah, and Tampa Bay is also fifth in the standings right now. But they have found their magic, yeah. Especially coming out of their uh, abroad trip. Yeah, you know, in the first couple of weeks, the top line wasn't working, and they shuffled Nikita Kucherov down to the third line, which was absolutely ridiculous. Right. Because... That's not a way to send a message to the. That's not a. That's not a way to send a message to your leading point getter in the best season, right? That's that's just not the way to do it. But um, sort of going back to the Islanders, and we will touch on the Edmonton Oilers later because we touch on the Edmonton Oilers every single show because we have to because this is absolutely ridiculous because Edmonton was predicted to be fifth, sixth standings. Um, not even a wild card team, and they are just putting up numbers like we haven't seen before. But for a team like the Rangers, who, or I'm sorry, the Islanders, who, frankly, we also kind of wrote off after Robin Leonard went to Chicago, right? Back in the mix, 27 points in 17 games, and they just released Andrew Laud right on waivers. Again, what a move, because. I think the message right now in New York is win now. They got a taste. They got back in the playoffs last year. Got swept by Carolina. They want back in. They want to make some noise. And I think that if the Islanders are able to get in, if the Oilers are able to get in, it's a completely different postseason, right? Because you predicted guys like we predicted guys like the Lightning, Toronto, and Boston right back in the playoffs. Not really performing well, with the exception of Boston. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blues hanging in there, Blues. despite injuries. Oh my gosh, the Blues, the Blues, the Jets. Now the Stars are getting going. The Avalanche, powered by Cole Mocker. What in the world? There's so many weird things going on in the in the dog days of the NHL season because the dog days start in mid-November and end at the start of February. That's just when you're in grinding mode. Right. But we're, we're all of a sudden going to go from just getting into a quarter. We're, we're, we're just at that cusp of a quarter quarter of the season, and now we're about to put in some some serious games. Yeah, and you there know, are they're a lot. Gonna, of, they're going to get through. You know, we'll be at forty games in the season come come February. So there are so many division games going on right now. There are so many div- a lot of back to back too. You have you have teams that'll that'll see division opponents maybe a couple times in a week. Long road trips too. I mean. There are just so many different teams that are performing really well right now, and if they're able to sustain it, it's going to make team. It's going to make tough teams. It's going to make. I'm sorry, words. I had coffee this morning. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to make it really tough for uh, guys like Toronto and uh, Tampa Bay, and for goodness sakes, Vegas and Nashville to get back in the mix. I was just about to say. I'm looking at the standings right now. Nashville and Vegas, not where they want to be. In a division and in a in a conference that has some teams that don't show signs of slowing down, Vegas on a three game losing streak, not the right precedent they want to be at right now. They're only five three, uh, or the three four and three in the last ten games. That is not the the trend they want to be in. No, I mean Vancouver's got to got to continue the cool off, right? You would think. You would think. I, I feel like they're a year ahead. <laughs> is that, is that, they've got I, I their. Think they've got their head start, but they're gonna. Exactly. Are they like this year's it? Buffalo? Probably this year's Buffalo is exactly what it is. Where it's might mess around and get a wild card. Yep. Exactly. They they've got, uh, you know, they've got the good young uh, talent, and they've got uh, 
uh, Quentin Hughes, and uh, and he's playing well, but it feels like they, you know, and they brought in JT Miller, and he's had sort of a resurgence in Vancouver, and uh, uh, but it still feels like they're they're still like a piece or two away, and if they can hang around, maybe maybe that's a trade deadline thing, sure. but pick up a piece yeah. that you need. I think Vancouver's riding that momentum. You had a very symbolic and literal passing of the team and the torch with the Sedin twins leaving. Yes. And that galvanizes that team to be like, oh, this is our team. Those those greats that we played with are gone. Now it's on us. Turn the page. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I think, Jack, you mentioned uh, with like the Islanders, the pace is win now. Worry about the rest later. It, it is a very much a, a young league. It is a speed game. You have to... The goal is to win a championship now. Yeah, it, it, it has to be win a championship now. and Especially with an impending expansion team. You know it's on the mind. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna someone's you're gonna have to lose some piece in the next few years. Yeah, and, and that sort of goes with uh, Vancouver. There's so many young players in Vancouver right now. But how about Elias Pettersson? Twenty four points, twenty games. I mean, guys shooting at is he really? Oh my gosh, he, he he's shooting at sixteen point three percent. That's unbelievable, especially for uh, a young guy like him. Yeah, I mean that. If that's a s- sustainable, then, I, then Vancouver then, then, Vancouver <laughs> very well might be a, a sleeper playoff the, team. Yeah, exactly. If 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 that if if somehow he can stay that hot, then wow, watch him go. You know the. The good thing about young teams is they can get so hot so fast and just ride it. But the bad thing about young teams is if if Peterson cools off, if uh, Thatcher Demko remembers that he's not, you know, <laughs> a Vezina <laughs> candidate, then uh, uh, you know, then that can go south really fast. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, it it just takes that one wall, that one hurdle. That they can't get through some teams that a little more seasoned that have done their homework ahead of that game, and they can't find those spots in the ice where they're used to scoring and have to force to be creative. And they haven't had to face a ton of adversity just yet. No, and I mean this is this is all objective because teams will um, teams are just kind of getting warmed up at least right now, still trying to find their groove. But uh, when we get back, we'll talk about some good teams that are struggling, some good teams that are not struggling, and some good teams that are finally starting to get going. On You are listening to 91.5 WGRE. April 28, 1949, WGRE signs on the air, and for the next seven decades, the music never stops. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the formal opening of WGRE. Where did you get that cute look? You look great. Well, thank you, fellas. Oh, oh, hold me close, hold me tight, make me thrill with delight. No, it's dry, love. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Is this the real is this just fantasy? When I'm a walking, I strut my stuff, and I'm so strung out. 
music, news, sports, and more great DJs than you can shake a stick at. After 70 years, one thing is certain. We're just getting warmed up. 91.5. 91.5. WGRE. Your sound alternative. Wow, welcome back. I feel like I'm uh, now just coming out of a time machine. That was great. We had some, some great hits in there. Some, some Queens, <laughs> some uh, Nirvana, some White Stripes. Wow, we just went through the whole I thing. Heard the little pumpkins in there. Yeah, that was great. Wow. Okay, welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack, Axe, and Coach Columbus. The first line is in. Yes, we are. Baby, we have just talked about Don Cherry. We have talked about some surprising teams that are still in the mix. Now... Let's sort of transition into good teams that are kind of struggling right now. And the first team I'm going to look at is Axe's Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, I knew it. And <laughs> and just when the Penguins of Pittsburgh had a chance to string together a few wins, they're 4-4-2 in the last 10, tracking much better than where they were a year ago. Yeah. It was this time last year that it was legendary press conferences from Jim Rutherford and uh, Mike Sullivan, the leaders there behind the bench and behind the organization, saying that they were not happy with the team they are putting on the ice, and they were starting to tease out this theme that would come to fruition in the offseason, that you had guys that were too comfortable with where they were in their playing career and that some pieces needed to move. Where I'm going with this... While the the mood in the organization is different, they're happy with the team. They have a lot of young guys that are playing well. They have they have hunger back in the organization. Just when you have momentum, Sidney Crosby out possibly six weeks for a core injury. He is being evaluated and will undergo surgery. Yeah, he will not play hockey again until twenty twenty. That is big news. That He's is their it. their point leader with seventeen. You have Malkin who's healthy. Uh, just the other day. The media is now hitting of Guinea Malkin in that spot of what's going to happen. What Malkin is going to show up. This is something we've talked about on the show. How he had a huge year last year. Or he didn't have a huge last year. He had a huge amount of pressure in the postseason mm-hmm. to make up for the year that he underperformed. He's hungry. He wants to be that number two center. He could lead any other team in the organization and be the number one guy. Yeah. Now is his chance to do just that. During that press conference uh, the other day, or just locker room talk, uh, a fire alarm happened. <laughs> Evgeny Malkin, <laughs> legendary to have the best. Uh, we've talked about some of his, his post-game. You know, this is a guy that the first time he scored, uh, he, he quite frankly just told reporters that his quote was, I am score. He is score. He is score. <laughs> so what he told them, I will be fire. <laughs> There is a fire. He goes, fire alarm. I need to be fire. I will be fire. <laughs> no, Malkin. There is a fire alarm going along. We need to clear the building. <laughs> so, but I digress. My oh, hope boy. my hope is that the Penguins, I, I think, I, I listened to a little bit last night. Jake Gensel needs to continue to be hot for the Penguins. He has cemented himself as a point getter. He's played alongside Crosby, who can be the best and one of the toughest people to play with mm-hmm. because he, he demands a quicker pace, mm-hmm. and you need to be with him and be on that same brain level. But, of course, even if you, you're struggling, Sid can make anybody look good. So now now the pressure is going to be on Gensel. Can he keep doing the production he can be without having Crosby as his, as his center? Yeah. I definitely agree, and I definitely think that uh, Crosby's injury certainly halts 
a lot of momentum that the Pittsburgh Penguins were gaining. I think that they were starting to play better hockey. That's that. I mean, that's just the thing. I think that they were starting to rely on that third and fourth line a little bit more. They were starting to really get going, and now it's like they lost that big, big piece. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I assume that they that they're gonna match up Malkin and Gensel. They right? will. Yeah. That's and Malkin. That's, I feel like is maybe a little bit easier for just anybody right to play with because uh, he it seems like he can he can play sort of that cycle game or or he can play the right. run and gun and uh um so maybe maybe it's going to be seamless for for gensel and then that gets malkin going and then good things happen for him but right it could very easily be a, a fill-in to that that kessel malkin-esque yes. play or, or gensel can easily jump into that role and be your guy you can get the puck too, and he'll score. So we'll see what happens. It's going to come down to Matt Murray, quite frankly. If if he can play the caliber of play he he put on in the postseason and be that type of goalie, it's we've we've talked about it a little bit. He's in that tough spot where he's only in his his third year really in the league, and now he needs to be that that you know cup winning goalie that he has on, on his resume. Yeah. Uh, it, I definitely agree, and um, and I won't I won't keep us on on the penguins much longer. <laughs> Thank you for letting me have this this time. Well, I mean it it's one thing if we're just talking about it, it's one thing if you're a New Jersey fan and we're like oh, sure. oh good teams are really struggling. No, 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 no. The Pittsburgh Penguins are a legitimate good team right now, and it's a shame that they're going to be without Crosby for a little bit. Another team that I want to highlight right now is the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I'm finally starting to pick up a little bit momentum. They're eight one and one on a two game. Win win streak the biggest problem with them is scoring goals right they are tied with check this out the minnesota wild and the chicago blackhawks <laughs> for fewest goals for in the central division compared to teams like i don't know let's say nashville and uh colorado who have scored almost 68 who have scored almost 70 points through 20 games, that's ridiculous. But they are leading the Central Division in goals allowed yeah. with 48. Right. So, you they, know, th- they completely switched their system midway through last year, changing to just protect the slot and take chances where you can get them. They beef up the offense a little bit by uh, adding Pavelski. And now we're starting to see that system being implemented. They are fourth in the Central Division standings right now. And they're, I mean, they're, they're playing good hockey right now. And I think that now we're finally starting to see what it looks like when a team adapts to a system and they bring a big guy in. Um, guys, thoughts on the Stars? The Stars were sort of my... my uh they were sort of my uh, dark horse uh, at the beginning of the year, yeah. And they were making they were making me look pretty bad yeah. <laughs> for, for, for a while there. Uh, like, like what? What, what have you been watching? Yeah, who is this guy? This guy's playing the season out on on NHL. Yeah, have you been playing, <laughs> playing, <laughs> PlayStation? Have like, you been playing Shell? Yeah, Shell ninety nine. Uh, oh boy! But uh, but I mean, the the there there are pieces there that can su- sustain this this streak um and they're doing it with a struggling Jamie Ben right shooting at 2.3% yeah. nice job captain yeah from Jamie Ben from and and Corey Perry from the net Corey Perry <laughs> you bring in Corey Perry 
Okay, from, were you expecting Corey Perry no, to be like I, uh, I'd like 2012 no, Corey no, Perry? No, Reese? I just thought I thought he would have a fire under him, moving <laughs> organizations, approve it, uh, sort of a year. You got to prove yeah. it, but clearly he's in like no, this is this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm past my prime. Put me on a power play on occasion. I'll, I'll, I might. He's minus two. He's two two four points. Jeez. Thirteen games. Uh, you, you talk about a struggling JB Ben, but Corey Perry is is three points under. But I'm I'm impressed. Alexander Radulov, the guy who's had like a legendary career of is he playing in the league? Is he going back to the KHL? <laughs> he has found a system that he fits in. Yeah. Jack, you remember the days. Hey, 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 hey. Is he going to come back to Nashville? Hey, 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 we will take a commercial break. All right, I have no problem (laughs) taking a commercial. No, I'm just kidding. No, I I remember Radulov. Hot uh, story of what, who is this kid? Is he coming? uh, Well, I mean, Radulov, like you said, has found the system that works for him. Uh, I don't think that when Nashville had Barry Trotz that Radulov really fit into that system at all. It'd be like Wayne Simmons trying to fit in with Peter Laviolette's system with Nashville. Which, by the way, made no sense at all because Laviolette had coached Simmons before, had coached him when the Flyers were very successful, and he just did nothing for Nashville. I digress. I'm still kind of mad about it, but um, but the Stars are are doing are, are finding ways to get it done. Uh, they're they're playing very close games. Obviously, the goal the goal differential shows that they have a few times in the season where they will put up four goals, but most of the time it's a one one goal game. Yeah, which two one. Yeah, one, two, one, three, two. Just, right. just that small difference. Because right now, wins are wins, and the wins in November and January shouldn't count more. But it's like they do. Well, in those one goal games. That's what that's what wins you games in the playoffs. Oh, so, yeah, that, I mean the having that ability. Yeah. you know, you can be gritty. The the lightning last year. Did not, not that. did not yeah. have that. Right. No. And like, hold on, we're not, we're not putting up seven goals tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do we play this game? It, it, well, that's exactly right. Because, I mean, St. Louis won one right. goal games. So, right knew now... They knew how to dig in I, from, from the very worst. They knew it couldn't get any... <laughs> No, it couldn't get any worse. Yeah, uh, I really like the way that uh, Heiskanen's playing right now. He's got twelve points. Yep. Um, he's been a very big addition to the Stars lineup. Kind of a, I mean, I, he played well in the playoffs last year. But I mean, obviously, when guys play well in the playoffs, it doesn't really mean anything in terms of the next season. But Heiskanen's playing well. Pavelski's fitting in well with the system. Sagan, of course, is being Tyler Sagan. <laughs> big, big surprise there. Joe, yeah. Joe Pavelski could could go on absolutely any team. Right. <laughs> and just be the perfect addition to, to any team. That guy is. Yeah. Is yeah. And, you know, I, I like the way that um, Heiskanen's playing. I like the way that uh, Pavelski's playing. I think that the Stars are finally starting to see what they could become. Mm-hmm. And um, my stats are loading. I'm, I'm curious to know what their power play percentage. Looking at the numbers, their guys don't have too many. And if you're playing those tight games, that's an easy fix for them to practice. Yeah, they are uh, power play wise. Yeah, they're 27th in the league at 13.6, which is what I figured. Which is why I wanted to bring that up. When you're playing those one goal games, you need the power play. That's going to win you a game or two. Or multiple, if you can get a power play goal. So looking at stats, only a few guys have multiple power play points, and it shows they're only 13.6%. Well, if you look at teams that struggle with the power play, and then you go back through the months, 
and look at all those one goal, two goal losses. That's your game. That's the game, right? I think last year, and I'm just reading this off the top of my, I'm just remembering this off the top of my head through uh, January and April. The Nashville Predators had, I believe, eight one goal games where they had three or more power play chances. One goal losses with three or more power play chances. You got to think that's points. Those are points. And I'm talking about last year, but, you know, when the Stars look back on it, they got to get the power play going. If they're 27th in the league and still hanging around, imagine what that power play is going to do if it gets going. Um, well, folks, we got to take a, well, let's see. Should we do, uh, yeah, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do it, PSA. We're going to take a one-minute break here. We'll be back talking more Puck Talk on 91.5 WGRE. All right. I know this isn't any fun to talk about, but we should. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Where to be found. Batteries? Dead. Great. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. No. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Good enough. Cell phones? May not work. Uh, emergency water? Not a drop. And what about food? Nope. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated, yeah? The library! Aunt Joan's house. The bus stop. Great. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Sounds like we don't have a plan. Who's up for mini golf? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack, Axe, and Coach Columbus. We have the full line in here, and we have touched on a lot of teams, a lot of topics, and we're finally back. And because we always mention Colorado, we always mention Edmonton because they're playing so well, so I want to touch on Colorado. They are without Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen was a big story in the offseason, finally comes back with the team. Now we're sort of in this weird stage where they're without two out of they're without two big pieces and they're still winning games. Guys, thoughts on Colorado. Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Is getting it done. Nathan McKinnon we, we is talk, the man. We talked to you need to pick up the point production and he can handle that pressure. He's that caliber player leading the team right now in 19 games pretty handedly with 11 goals, 15 assists, and 26 points. The uh, the Jonas Donskoy pickup is quietly one of the best moves of the offseason, I think. Espe- and probably now especially with uh, Landis Gog and Rantanen out having that guy who's been there before with uh, with the Sharks uh, and, and pl- getting used to playing with uh, you know top end guys. That's that's pretty big that he can then just slide in uh, around McKinnon, uh, whether he's with McKinnon or, or Kadri, but Right. And he's quickly picked up, yeah, nine goals, five assists, 14 points, third third in the team right now. Yeah. Yes, and um, I like, uh, excuse me, Kale Makar. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> who cares? It's, uh, who it's, cares? He's scoring points. It's Kale Makar. Kale Makar. Thank you. What you're looking for. I think I called him Cole. You called him Cole. Yikes. Maker. Yeah. Cole Maker. Cole yeah. Maker. Cali Maker. 
I'm sorry, guys. I have struggled with hockey names for the longest time. You'd think that since I cover hockey, I should be able to pronounce these names, but I can't because, well, I'm from Tennessee. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Kale McCarr and Nathan, Mc- and Nathan McKinnon are currently leading the team in points. Right. And they are not showing signs of slowing down. Um, despite losing to a very good Edmonton team, 6-2, to two, but... I those, mean, those games happen. It's those games happen, and especially when Connor McDavid is netting a hat trick and getting six points on six goals. Not much you can do. Not much you can do. Um, and the guy's hot. He's hot. And I believe that. Um, I believe it was. Well, anyways, there was a. There, there's just so many facets to Nathan McKinnon's game that is so underrated and I haven't been able to track uh, zone entries and exits for the Colorado Avalanche but given the way that he's putting up points and given the way that the Colorado Avalanche are still maintaining control in the Central Division they have got to be a great um, transitional hockey team and they've got to be able to sustain pressure in the offensive zone consistently I've um, I was really kind of on the ropes about um, McKinnon and the Avalanche once Ranton and Landeskog went down because I kind of thought you can't be one without the other. But it just that that just hasn't happened at all. They're they're, they're continuing to be good teams. Uh, they're continuing to beat good teams. They're continuing to um, you know they're continuing to produce points and. Um, I mean, if St. Louis hadn't gotten hot in the last couple of weeks, Colorado would have a very steady grip on the Central Division. Right. Yeah, only two games back. No. And from the Blues, and, and you got Winnipeg right on their heels. So that's going to be close for a while. Yeah. I have a feeling. I, I don't think one of those three teams are going to just take off and, and run with it. I think it's going to be... It's going to be pretty close. All <laughs> it's it's going to be tight checking down to the end. For, for yeah, for if several, they can, several if they can months. clean up the special teams a little bit, I think that especially their work on the PK. Uh, you look at at, at uh, PK numbers, and they're they're nineteenth in the league right at the moment uh, for a team that has some some forwards that should be pretty good. Uh, pretty good penalty killers with guys like Matt Calvert and with the speed of a guy like Nathan McKinnon uh, you'd think that they'd be able to to clean that up a little bit but uh, and then still nine, 19% on the uh, on the power play once Landeskog and uh, and Ranson and get back that should clean up no I mean it's one out of every five times that's not bad that's no. that, that's a good power play for a good team yeah. Um, yeah once every other game maybe yeah yeah pretty much um, big big game to watch out for after the uh, the Monon Bell Classic tomorrow tomorrow night out west. <laughs> uh, Colorado is heading to Vancouver, so Ooh, thinking that'll of, be a good game. Thinking of two pretty evenly match up match teams, a lot of a lot of firepower and a lot of success right now. So if you haven't decided what you're going to do post game, yeah, after after Monon after Monon. <laughs> Find yourself a TV. You got time. <laughs> By the way, folks, we that's, get a <laughs> late game, so 10 yeah. p.m. 10 uh-huh. p.m. Eastern time. By the way, folks, we get uh, a royalty check every single time we yeah. mention the Monon games. So, um, you know, we're just bringing in the bank right now. You know what tomorrow <laughs> is, don't you? <laughs> Monon Bell Classic. The Monon Bell Classic, yeah. 126 running. <laughs> 
I, I believe I think that uh, I think that Ben and Matt are also getting royalty checks just because they're part of uh, the DePoff <laughs> faculty. But uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. We're, we're staff. No, <laughs> right. We're not teaching. Be, be very careful throwing that out there. Sorry, sorry. Uh, another team that uh, is kind of, uh, I guess, spinning their own wheels is Nashville. I don't know what's going on in in, in Nashville. I mean, uh, looking at numbers, Pecorine and UC Soros are not playing good hockey right now. And granted, that's not necessarily their fault. But uh, Pecorine with a 9.07 save percentage and UC Soros with an 8.90 save percentage. Yeah, both both below average where they'd like to be. And in, in, in kind of the as Jack, you would say they're they're goaltenders in the NHL right now. Yeah. Is what their stats are showing. Yeah, they're they're show they're they're putting on skates. Yeah, they're showing up. I mean, um, talk about. I mean, Nashville is is fortunate. The success they find at home, six two and two right now. Yeah, cannot find it on those road games, three four and one. And, and you know, I, I guess you can sort of look at that and sure, of course that would happen. Right, um, but. They are. They're such a wide spectrum. They're not. They're much. They they remind me of the Tampa Bay Lightning last year, except the Tampa Bay Lightning were winning more games because you talk about those five six goal games, and then they get blown out. It was the the, the matchup against Vancouver. It, it's just frustrating to watch more than anything because um, it's like they were. Something happens, and you know they're going to respond, but you don't know if they're going to win the game. And that's the toughest part about watching this team. Um, Big game tomorrow. Blackhawks will will head to Nashville. That is always a fun matchup to watch. Fun matchup, big divisional game. Two teams that want to get the ball rolling. and That will be my uh, post-modon. That's a better better time, 8 p.m. Yeah, no... um, it, it, it is frustrating to watch, and the player that's most frustrating to watch right now is Mikel Glenlin. Um, five points, and he's played in all the games. Um, I thought that they were underutilizing Kyle Turris. I thought that bringing Mika Salamaki back on an NHL roster was a mistake. Um, Matt Duchesne, uh, he's putting up points. Uh, but it just kind of feels like after those first couple of games, after Philip Forsberg went down with injury, he was kind of invisible on the ice. Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis, I'm glad that they're producing points. I'm glad that they're starting to get the ball rolling, but a defenseman should not be leading the team in points. Right. Um, that's, a, that's a red flag. Victor Arvidsson and Philip Forsberg have been disbanded. From Ryan Johansson, Ryan Johansson not having a big impact. Victor Arvidsson, I mean, obviously we knew Victor Arvidsson probably wasn't going to be able to sustain the kind of point production that he was uh, in that latter half of last year. But, um, I mean, they disbanded the Jofa line. They put Glenland, Duchesne, and Forsberg on a line. Worked great till Forsberg was hurt. And now they're sort of in a rut. I don't think I don't even think Glenland showed up to practice the optional skate uh, yesterday. So things are things are real weird in Nashville because the penalty kill isn't playing bad, but it's they're just timely goals that are really uh, off-putting, and it typically comes on the opponent's power play. I, I, I'm not. It, this is a real confusing team because Nick Benino. Has more points than Kyle <laughs> Turris, and yeah. 
He has more points than Cali Yarncroke and Colton Sissons. I mean, it, it it just makes no sense. Makes literal no sense. I I I don't even I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just play better. Play better. I I. I there's no other way. And looking at their schedule in I November, say, I was pulling up. They've got a big, big month ahead. They're playing the Blues twice. They're right. playing Vegas, Carolina, Florida, Winnipeg. I mean, teams that are good. Every, right every now. team, every team in these next eight games are all feeling pretty comfortable with the play they're putting out each night. Yeah, Florida. Florida's been the surprise we talked about it earlier, and they're they're in Florida, which teams are having a hard time. A lot of the the Midwest teams and a lot of the East Coast teams that are doing well mm-hmm. have a hard mm-hmm. time when they head south and go to that Florida game. Yeah, and the third pairing for the Predators, uh, they are interchanging Dan Hamhus, Yannick Weber, and Matt Irwin. And I heard an argument um, via Nashville Twitter that every third pairing on. Every NHL team is bad. But this one feels exceptional. This one feels like just so perfect. You know, just the perfect mess of um, Dan Hamhues not being able to score and Yannick Weber with so many turnovers and Matt Irwin being Matt Irwin. You know, it's just there's so many different things going on with this Nashville Predators team. It's not fun. It's not fun. And speaking of not fun, Coach, how are the Columbus (laughs) Blue Jackets doing? Well, thank you for that that great introduction there to the Blue Jackets. <laughs> it's very accurate. Uh, it's not not great in the uh, in the capital city. It's uh, uh, it it's the 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 worst part about it is it's boring hockey, where you feel like there is no uh, no ability to score ever. Um, now you've got you've got some guys struggling mightily with uh, uh, especially Cam Atkinson. Uh, you know, a guy who has been over a 30-goal scorer in the past, stuck on 10 points right at the moment. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois doing his best to try to say, hey, jump on my back and let's go. But who who's he going to dish it off to? Oliver Bjorkstrand doing doing well, but not getting any sort of puck luck. Right. Uh, but the big story with them is, is still goaltending. Uh, trying to find one of the young guys to take control of the of the crease and uh you've got a situation where Jonas Corposalo who is the sort of I guess by default incumbent goalie mm-hmm. um s- sort of Wally Pipping himself so Wally Pip the the uh New York Yankees first baseman who took himself out of the lineup making way for a young Lou Gehrig to, to come into the lineup and take over for over 3,000 games in a row. That Bob Vrosky uh, trade is starting to starting to look real bad. It's it's not looking great, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but So you've got uh, Corpusalo getting benched for swinging, swinging his stick after every goal he gives up. Uh, so the, the tempers are flaring. Uh, and then you've got Elvis Merz-Likens, who is... Playing a little bit playing better. a little bit better, uh, a lot better than the the seven goals in in Pittsburgh, but uh, but playing a little bit better. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see if Corposalo has sort of opened the door for Elvis to take over, mm-hmm. um, and we'll we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah, well, it's tough, fo- it's tough when you're you're 
your home stats are the same as your away stats. <laughs> yeah. And that's that, that's a red flag. Well, folks, we have uh, run out of time. Tune in in the next hour for some politics. Um, like I said, it's a huge week for DePaul. We got the Monon Bell game. And um, we touched on it at the top of the hour, but Miles Garrett has been suspended indefinitely for a minimum of at least the regular season and the playoffs. So, Coach, not a great news for uh, Ohio fans. Not great fans. for Ohio sports, yeah. But, um, anyways, that's all the time we have. You are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. Go Tigers.